the hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries, showcasing real-life tragedies. What if it was your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, January 24th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Patrick Murphy. There's a ton of stuff to get into, Patrick. Let's start with the Buckeyes picking up a commitment yesterday. Not a big surprise that they were going to get Will Smith Jr., the son of the late, great Will Smith, who starred at Ohio State in the early aughts and won a national championship for the Buckeyes in 2002, went on, had a really good NFL career. Unfortunately, he lost his life a few years ago in a tragic event down there in New Orleans. But Will Smith Jr., uh, man, you look at his eyes. You can, he just looks like his father. Six foot three, 260 pounds. He's from Dublin Kaufman. Still a junior in high school. He's part of the 2023 class. This gives Ohio State four commits in their 2023 uh, class. Patrick, a young man from Dublin Kaufman. Only a three-star right now. I won't be surprised if he works his way into being a four-star. Me neither. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is This seems to me from... from looking at stuff on him and, and talking to a few of guys, including Bill Kerlick, uh, just seems like a guy who's going to rise up there, especially now that, that some of the offers from a program like Ohio State, he's gotten some other major offers have started to come in. I imagine people start looking at Will Smith Jr. a little bit closer. I wouldn't be surprised if he climbs up in the, in the rankings there. Talented kid for sure. Obviously, as you mentioned, good lineage coming from a, a national championship winning uh, dad. You know, you, you're right. He does. Uh, he does look a lot like his dad, who obviously provided uh, some great memories for, for Buckeye fans. So cool to see. I mean, obviously, there's been legacies to come through Ohio State before. Um, this is just another one to add to the list. And, and I think a good one. I think uh, a guy who can certainly make an impact on that defensive line and, and kind of continue the, the legacy that his dad left. Yeah. And I'll just say one more thing about, you know, Will Smith Sr. Um, during my time as on the beat, covering the team and my time before that as a fan, he is one of the best defensive ends I have ever seen at Ohio State. I, I would say other than the Boses and Chase Young until they came around very recently, Will Smith was kind of always my gold standard for defensive ends at Ohio State, that, at least that I saw. Um, that's how good he was, in my opinion. All right, let's bounce around again. We're going to bounce around a lot today. There's a lot of, lot of stuff to get into. All right, um, let's move on to the 2022 class. Uh, signing day is next week. We're not really, really going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the guys that are maybe can make an impact as true freshmen. I don't think there's going to be a lot like there was this past year. We've never seen anything like that. There's a ton of true freshmen that made big impacts, including starters with Denzel Burke and Travion Henderson. But is there one or two true freshmen you think might not be a starter, but at least can make a big impact for the Buckeyes this fall? Yeah, looking at the class, you're right. Like, I don't see anyone that immediately is like, that guy's going to jump in and, and play a lot. No, though, if you'd asked me a year ago, I would not have, have labeled Denzel Burke 
Travion Henderson seemed like a guy who certainly could get in there. We talked about him a lot, obviously leading throughout the off season. Um, CJ Hicks, I think, you know, obviously he's at the top of, of Ohio state's uh, a list. When you look at our, our rankings and whatnot for the commits for 2022. Uh, but that position is not settled at linebacker. I mean, you know, you saw in the Rose bowl guys moving from different positions, playing there and, and whatnot. And, and obviously you're bringing in a uh, new defensive staff, um, Jim Knowles, from what we understand, is going to be working with the linebackers. So you got a new coach there uh, without Washington departing. So it seems like the linebacker position's up for grabs. Obviously, C.J. Hicks is a, uh, a big-time prospect who, who I do imagine will play early in his career. Whether it's as a freshman, I'm not sure. I'm also interested in how they use Sonny Styles. Played safety in high school. Doesn't sound like that's what he's going to do. I think they probably have too many guys that can fit uh, kind of that role ahead of him. But you never know. And then I always look at the defensive line just because we know Larry Johnson likes to rotate those guys. He's not afraid to get young guys in there. Um, you know, so does Kenyatta Jackson, maybe uh, hero canoe recently commit. Those are, those are some guys I could see potentially having an impact again. I don't know if any one of these guys is a starter right away, like we saw this year, but certainly there, there are some guys who could, especially as the season progresses, um, you know, work their way into uh, some spots, but definitely that linebacker position. I think that's one we're going to be talking about all off season. And if you come in ready to go as a freshman and you can, you can help the Buckeyes there. I think there's definitely opportunity. Yeah. I agree with you about CJ Hicks. I think he's got the best chance, you know, I'll throw Bennett Christian's name out there as well. Tie it end. I mean, he's, you know, one of the lowest rated members of the class, but you know, where it is, he's physically ready. I mean, look at me, he's listed at like 6'6", 240. I imagine he's bigger than that now if that's what he was, you know, roughly a year ago. You know, and they need guys at tight end. Now, Mitch Rossi's coming back. We'll get into that later. I love all these under-the-radar moves like Mitch Rossi coming back for a sixth year. We'll, We'll talk about that later. I do want to get into this. So, a lot of times I like getting on the front row message board and seeing what are the fans talking like? What are they really getting into? that we haven't really discussed on the show, uh, at least not lately. And maybe in this case, maybe not since like four years ago. But Patrick, uh, as you look at my phone here, there's a six-page thread on our board that was started over the weekend. It's titled Burrow. It might as well be titled Burrow versus Haskins. Let's resurface this debate. I mean, it is six pages of guys going back and forth talking about the Burrow versus Haskins debate, which, of course, in spring of 2018, that was center stage in Ohio State football. Is it going to be Joe Burrow? Is it going to be Dwayne Haskins? Man, I could see the pain on Urban Meyer's face. For those that think that he was like, ah, he was one, you know, Dwayne Haskins all the way. I mean, he it was – you could see the pain on his face when he was asked about it throughout spring that year. It was a tough decision. And for those that don't know, he never flat out said, Dwayne's the guy, Joe, you lost the battle. He just said it was going to continue. Dwayne was the leader. And Joe, Joe needed to know he was going to be the guy. And Joe went to LSU. We know what happened from there. All right, two-part question. I'm curious to get your thoughts looking back on it. How did you feel at the time? If you can remember, Patrick, how did you feel at the time regarding the Joe Burrow-Dwayne Haskins debate? And now as you look at it, (laughs) with the benefit of hindsight 2020, what are your thoughts on it today? Well, definitely uh, hindsight changes things, right? I mean, with the way that that their careers have progressed. But at the time, I mean, I think we saw talent in both guys, but the arm of Dwayne Haskins was just the the, the most impressive thing for me. And and you over the weekend tweeted out some old video interviews with him, and I was was watching some of those. With Burrow, Uh, yeah. Yeah, Burrow, yeah. And, you know, he even mentioned in one of them that Dwayne's arm is, is, you know, 
above and beyond. I forget the exact term he used, but you know, it was just clear that, that he had something special in that arm. Um, that wasn't to say that Joe can't throw the ball around. Obviously he could, he did it in the spring game. Uh, but you know, you just saw something different with, with Dwayne when he threw the ball. And so I think that's what always stood out to me. Um, you know, I think we know that battle was close and you're right. Joe had to do what was best for him. Um, you know, I think people were surprised if I remember correctly, when it was LSU, I think a lot of people thought maybe kind of that, that second tier of teams is where he was going to end up. You know, Nebraska was in the conversation, you know, definitely a power five school. Um, you know, he's too well, talented. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, I remember Cincinnati was yeah, a yeah, serious, true. you're right though. It was like Nebraska, but the one exception because of fickle and because yeah. of the locale, um, I do remember thinking he was going to go to, in fact, I remember being on radio in Cincinnati, those poor guys, I got them excited saying, Hey, I, I'm hearing Joe Burrow might be coming to Cincinnati. I just got the Bearcat fans all riled up. I remember that he went down to LSU for the visit, and I don't think he was thinking about seriously going there, and then they rolled out the red carpet for him, and good job by Coach Joe. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's just, I mean, you look back on it now, and and as much arm talent as you can have, it's got to be above the shoulders too, And and I think, you know, Dwayne probably didn't get put in a great situation. Uh, going back home, I, I think at the time we all thought that that was a good thing for him and, you know, a cool situation, Chase Young at, there too and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, it, it just, well, I guess Chase Young was a year after, wasn't he? But, uh, yeah, it, it just has not worked out. I mean, I know that he has an opportunity now with Ben Roethlisberger retiring, it seems like. But, you know, it's, it's, it, your head's got to be screwed on straight in the NFL. You have to be dedicated to – to your craft. Um, you know, I, I talked to somebody recently or I heard, I think I heard somebody interviewed that said, you know, when he was with the Redskins, even just like his warmups, you know, he didn't, he didn't seem to have the, the, the focus and whatnot um, with, with Washington. And, you know, Joe obviously has, has taken every opportunity given to him and run with it. Uh, I had a, a good buddy of mine went down to the, the last regular season home Bengals game and, uh, through, through friends of theirs somehow got, got to sit with Burroughs parents tailgate with him. And they just talked about how grateful they are for, for everything that's happened and for Ohio state, for Nebraska, and, you know, the fact that he's back in Cincinnati and, and, and all of this. And, and you can just tell he comes from such a grounded place, so humble. And, and I think that's played its part. You know, he was always talented, no doubt about it, but um, his work ethic again, above the shoulders has, has been huge for him. And it is crazy how, how things have kind of flipped on their head because if you'd asked me back then, I would have said, you know, it's it's Dwayne Haskins that's probably in a, a conference championship game in a couple of years, and that is not been the case whatsoever. It's so interesting, you know, looking back on it, um, thinking about it now. I think it's important to point out. I mean, as you know, Patrick, you know, and probably everybody listening to the show, in 2018, it sure didn't look like it was a mistake by Ohio State. Dwayne Haskins oh. had the best passing season in Buckeye history. Uh, frankly, the best passing season in Big Ten history. This man threw for almost 5,000 yards, had exactly 50 touchdowns, I believe seven interceptions, somewhere around there, eight. He had a fantastic year. And Joe Burrow's first year in LSU now actually was a little better than the stats indicate. I mean, their offensive line wasn't good yet. The receivers, while obviously talented, were young and they had not blossomed yet. Jamar Chase as a true freshman was not Jamar Chase as a sophomore. Um, Justin Jefferson as a sophomore was not the same as he was as a junior. So Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow's 2018 season 
was nowhere near as good as Dwayne Haskins' 2018 season. That's just a fact. And another thing to point out here, let's say they would have kept Joe Burrow. Guess who never would have transferred to Ohio State? Justin Fields. So it's just that this whole thing is just interesting to me. I mean, comment on that. Just the fact that, listen, in 2018, during the season itself, it sure didn't look like the Buckeyes made a mistake by keeping Haskins. And they would not have gotten Justin Fields if, because uh, obviously Dwayne ended up being one and done as a starter. Burrow would have stayed for two more years, and Justin Fields never would have been a Buckeye. Yeah, that's a good point about Justin Fields, and probably something that doesn't get talked about as much when this comes up. You know, I think it's 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 really easy to say now that that Urban and, and the Ohio State staff, as you point out, didn't make a decision, but the you know the way they were leaning was certainly towards Dwayne Haskins from everything we understood and how it played out. Um, it's easy to say with what Joe Burrow did, not only at LSU in 2019, but what he's done in the NFL, that that was the wrong decision. I mean, you look at that Ohio state team. Yes. They have the really bad game against Purdue, but that was just a one loss team. I mean, in other years, that one loss Ohio state team is in the college football playoff. Um, you know, it just, it just didn't work out because of how other things worked out that year. So they go to the Rose bowl instead. Um, you know, I, I still think it was very successful, I think if, if you could play what if, flipping the script and, and seeing, you know, if let's just put Dwayne Haskins in that LSU team, how he does with some, you mentioned the young receivers, he probably doesn't stay for that next year to, to you know, go on and potentially have that national championship winning uh, year like Joe Burrow did. But um, yeah, how it would have played out then with, without having Justin Fields at Ohio State, I mean, you know, that you, you think Ryan Day still steps in and, and finds a quarterback after Joe Burrow's gone. He's obviously uh, done a good job of that. But Justin Fields was very important for Ohio State and, and for cementing Ryan Day as this quarterback guru. So, yeah, I mean, that, that certainly would have changed things quite a bit. And it's hard to even kind of what if the situation into uh, into what it might be, you know, sitting here in, at the beginning of 2022. But, yeah. Certainly an interesting conversation. I mean, so many different things could have happened if, if slightly different choices were made. Yeah, so Bucknutters, get on the front row message board if you'd like to chime in. Like I said, the, the thread is just called Burrow, but it's up, it's up to six pages. And like I said, it should be called Burrow versus Haskins Part Due. All right, moving right along. Jim Harbaugh watch continues. What do you think is going to happen with Harbaugh? Do you think he's going to stay at Michigan or you think he's going to go to perhaps the Raiders? Well, I was asked this on a radio thing a couple of weeks ago. And at that point I said to me, I think Jim Harbaugh ends up back at Michigan. This is, this seems to me to be more of a, a play for new contract with, with the NFL and, or with the, with Michigan and, you know, using the NFL that way. Um, but you know, the reports that have come out since then, I mean, it sounds like if, if the Raiders specifically, if they want him, he's, he's willing to make the move. You know, to me, it seems like his job is not done at Michigan. Yes, you won the Big Ten and made the playoff. You beat Ohio State. But there's a lot of other years I feel like you need to make up for at Michigan first. But, uh, you know, he's if, if these reports are to be believed, if the Raiders come calling, he's, he's certainly interested and obviously an NFL guy. So I guess I'd say, you know, I'd probably put it 50-50, but I'm definitely leaning more towards him going to the NFL than I was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, hopefully we find out something. I'm I'm surprised we haven't heard more. Not maybe necessarily a final decision, but you know, maybe like an Adam Schefter report that he's hearing. It's most likely going to be Jim Harbaugh, something like that. I'm surprised we haven't yeah. heard anything yet. That's why I'm calling it Harbaugh Watch. I expect we will hear something this week. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, 
Mitch Rossi coming back for a sixth year as a super senior, you know, they that's he was the best blocking tight end, you know, by a wide margin on the team this past season. I, I thought he played pretty well, played a lot. Him coming back for a sixth year, I love that. There's been other guys kind of under the radar guys like Bradley Robinson, the long snapper. Noah Ruggles really isn't under the radar, but he's another sixth year senior coming back. You know, talk about those guys, Rossi being the most recent, and you know, a bunch of other guys have decided to return. Zach Harrison, Dewan Jones. Has anybody surprised you? And just, you know, what are your thoughts on these developments? There's been a number of surprises you mentioned. Um, I, I think having heard Kevin Wilson talk about Mitch Rossi at the Rose Bowl, I wasn't as surprised, you know, when he put that out there that he could come back and was considering coming back for six year. I think that's when I was surprised that, oh, this could be a thing. And, you know, so when he actually made the announcement, actually, I think Dan Hoke from 11 Warriors was the one who broke the news. Mitch Rossi confirmed it on, on Twitter. Um, I think that was less surprising to me. Zach Harrison, I thought was an interesting one just because of how he came into Ohio State. You know, his career hasn't gone the way of, of some of those defensive ends you mentioned earlier. But, you know, I could have seen him with his athletic ability. He can do a lot of different things. Um, you know, he's, he's done his three years. I could have seen him making the jump. I think it's better for, for everyone that, that he's back. I think, you know, a new defensive coordinator. I think he'll be very interesting in Ohio State's scheme next year in terms of kind of how they use him, not just as a hand-in-the-ground defensive end. We've seen that already a little bit. Noah Ruggles, I think, is huge. I know the kick game isn't something we talk about a ton just because Ohio State scores a lot of touchdowns and I imagine that will be the case but you saw in Penn, that Penn State game that Nebraska game when that offense just wasn't clicking on all cylinders how important it was to have a good accurate kicker you know they, they've got some other younger guys in there but just not the same kind of experience there was a reason they went and got Noah Ruggles last offseason and you know he had one of the most accurate kicking seasons in Ohio State history uh, maybe the most accurate. I'm, I'm not sure what the numbers say on that, but um, plus I just like having him around. He's a good interview. Uh, you know, it's, it's fun to uh, fun when we've gotten a chance to talk to him. So yeah, those are probably the three that I think stand out in my mind. Um, but yeah, I think they're all, it's all good news for the Buckeyes when guys like that come back. Do you know who else has good kickers? The Cincinnati Bengals and the Los yeah. Angeles Rams. How about that? Our yeah. teams in the final four, I'm feeling good. Well, I'm not, feeling great about the matchup with the Chiefs, but I'm feeling great that the Bengals are in the AFC Championship game. I know you're thrilled that your Rams are in the NFC Championship game. Maybe our, our teams will be facing off in the Super Bowl. How, great, how great would that be? How we're not, great do, would we're that not be? doing the podcast that Monday. I'll tell you that if that's the case. Yeah, I might call in sick that day. If the Bengals make the Super Bowl, I might see if uh, Dan Rubin will switch me days. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of talk out there they should make, you know, that – it's such a tradition. I'm I'm fine with having keeping the Super Bowl on Sunday, but there's a lot of people that want it moved to Saturday. It's like I don't know. I'm fine with it being Super Bowl Sunday. Whatever. It's what vacation days are for yeah. uh, on Monday, right? All right. Media availability. I get asked this a lot. I'm sure you do as well. Like, what, when are you guys going to get a chance to talk to like Jim Knowles and these new coaches and this and that and talk to Ryan Day again? Like, and I'm like, hopefully soon because we really want to talk to these guys now. Signing day is now next week, but it's not the typical. It's not what signing day used to be. I mean, they're only going to sign two more guys next week, assuming Amari Abor sticks with his commitment, which we think he will. Um, they'll also sign Carson Hinsman. So they could do something where it's like we get Ryan Day. He talks a little bit about recruiting, but not all that much. And then, you know, we get to talk to them about the, the new hirings. Maybe they'll bring Jim Knowles in. So that would be next Wednesday. I'm hoping they break it up. What are, you know, is where we have, you know, time to, 
interview Coach Knowles with some of the other new coaches, Justin Fry, uh, Tim Walton coming back, Perry Ellison. I'm getting his last name wrong. Eliano. Perry Eliano. I'm really looking forward to interviewing him so I can uh, apologize for butchering his name here on the podcast. But I can't wait to talk to these new coaches. What are you hearing? How do you think they're going to split it up over there? You think we're going to get all these guys next Wednesday, or might they split it up? I hope we get them. Uh, I mean, you know, however we get them, it'll be great. But yes, I agree with you. It would be better if we could get them, you know, spread out a little bit. Um, not necessarily signing day. You know, it's been an issue. I think because a these guys are getting hired. They're coming to Columbus. You know, then they're hitting the recruiting trail. They were obviously able to go out right away. And when you hire so many new guys, they've got to get out, establish relations, especially with so many on one side of the ball, have to get out and, and establish relationships with the prospects and things like that. Maybe guys that they weren't recruiting at previous programs. And, and obviously Tim Walton uh, being uh, coming from the NFL had to get his NCAA stuff approved. So there's been a lot going on. Um, and I understand why we haven't been able to do that. Um, you know, you got to find time in between these guys on trips. So hopefully here, it would be great if we could get something later this week. Um, if it ends up being signing day, so be it. But yeah, I would, I would love to have it spread out. It's definitely coming though. Um, we're excited. I know fans want to hear from these people and, and kind of hear what, what their vision is, not only for the defense, but obviously on the offensive line with Justin Fry. Um, you know, I, I, it, we're all eagerly awaiting. And, and so hopefully it's, it's coming quick. Great stuff from Patrick Murphy. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you to all of the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. And I want to say rest in peace to my friend Gary House, too. We lost Gary over the weekend. One of the best guys that I have ever met. One of the best people that I have ever had the pleasure of knowing. Gary was a great man, a fighter, beat cancer once. Then it came back. He beat it again. Then it came back a third time. Uh, I'd like to use a stronger word, but screw cancer. Rest in peace, Gary. We love you. Let's hear the Buckeye swag, best in band in the land. secretive world of Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcast.